Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. Well, here we are, almost at the end of February, and the business sector just hasn't been able to go full steam ahead. There's a sense of nervousness in business, and that's reflected in the stock market. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. In terms of investment opportunities, it's a rough road. What with COVID continuing to linger, inflation increasing, talk of a rise in interest rates, banks being jittery, and major tech companies receiving a battering. So, what to make of it all? We turned to stock market and investment guru and founder of Spotty Consulting, Elio D'Amato. If you're looking to invest, stick around to the end as he offers his stocks to watch. First, the market has had a tough start to 2022. In fact, as Elio tells Chris Ashmore, January saw the market's largest decline in about 40 years. And in the US, their January, that was actually the worst on record for them. It was uh, quite a, a nervous time for investors, many now starting to believe that possibly the top is in, that we are due for a bit of a pullback and a bit of some respite since the very rapid V-shaped recovery that we've seen after the COVID closure and the COVID correction back in 2020. So um, notwithstanding this is just the market behaving normally, there are some investors out there who are quite nervous right now. Mm. Well, the big talking point, of course, is inflation and interest rates. And much of the volatility we saw was on the back of that, where concerns are starting to mount that inflation in the US is running rampant. This will likely see a number of rate rises coming in the not-too-distant future, lifting themselves off what were official rates of zero. Of course, the Federal Reserve wants to weed itself off the bond-buying program, which means they want to stop printing money effectively and let the market run on its own uh, steam. But of course, when that happens, interest rates spike because everyone worries that the cost of debt's just going to be insurmountable if there's not someone on the other side counterbalancing things. Here in Australia, we've seen something similar. The RBA initially said, we're not going to lift rates to 2024. That tone then changed to, we may consider one in 2023. Then on the back of rising interest rates and falling unemployment now, most economists are expecting a rate rise and multiple actually to occur this year in 2022. So really, everyone's now hypersensitive on interest rates. Of course, in of themselves, we're at very low rates and even going to say 2% cash rate isn't necessarily a disaster. But if your home loan was at the RBA cash rate, which it's not, moving from 0.25% to say 2% adds over a 30-year life of a loan, something like $300,000. So it's a significant jump relative to what your base rate would be, even though historically they're still very low, it's that jump that the market's very nervous about, particularly when it comes to you know, analysing businesses and the implication that interest rates have on their daily operations. Well, of course, that moves us on to banks. Mm. How are things going there? Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. We're starting to see a few updates from our banks who are telling us all a pretty common theme, which is their net interest margins have been declining. And the major, sorry, I should explain, their net interest margin is the difference they make effectively from 
the money that they lend out, which is the higher interest rate, versus the money that they pay out through deposits. And that gap is what is known as the net interest margin. And as that reduces, that's not a good sign because that means that the money that they're lending out at is actually starting to decline because we know deposit rates aren't going up. So that's just not part of the uh, equation at this stage. So what we've seen in net interest margins declining, and a large part of that has been because of this hot property market, which has seen a flood of mortgage originators come on board who are competing very aggressively with the banks at the minute because source of funding is so cheap. They're actually really going for the jugular, as it were, and that's starting to hit a lot of the bank's bottom lines. They're catching up in regards to technology and trying to engage more uh, with their clients through IT and various uh, different little bits and knickknacks, and that investment costs money. So banks, unfortunately, have really been suffering on the back of this, and even someone like the ANZ expects themselves to miss target Westpac as well. There's pressures coming to bear across all the majors at the moment. Now, of course, the saving grace would be rising interest rates, you would think, because that would allow them to charge more for loans and therefore help their bottom line. But then, of course, the old chestnut becomes, well, all these loans that they've been giving out to people, <laughs> you know, for over a million dollars earning an average person's wage, incurring a debt that they'll never pay off to the day they die. Well, what happens when interest rates go up 3 or 4%? What does that mean? for their bottom line and the amount of loans that could possibly collapse. So it's a really interesting moment right now for banks. Many investors are more pessimistic than optimistic in that regard, many taking some of their bets off the table and just you know reducing their exposure because of this uncertainty. Look, they'll be fine over the long run, but in the short run, I think there'll be a little bit more volatility ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned IT. How's the technology sector going? I mean, we thought that this was the you know, the shining light of our market when in reality in 2021, it was our worst sector. And there's a whole range of factors occurring here. Often the harder you go up, the harder you come back. And we've seen a lot of that with the IT space. We saw the buy now, pay later bubble burst quite aggressively. Its cathartic moment was the block or what was Square at the time's acquisition of Afterpay. Since then, the steam's really come out of the sector because it's now no longer novel. It's no longer a new idea. Competitors came in trying to make easy money. A number of them are going to have to consolidate or die. We've seen Block really struggle uh, now, as it's known. ZipPay is another one who's also struggled, notwithstanding that they're growing clients, growing transaction rates. The excitement's just gone. So they're being assessed more on traditional analyst metrics rather than the blue sky hope that they were previously. And they've been decimated on the back of that. The other concern is that interest rate. Yeah, I've got to bring it back. The thoughts of interest rates rising because when it comes to valuing a stock, one of the key inputs is interest rates. And to keep it very simple, it's because when you're valuing a company and its future prospects and assessing its risk and all the like, you have to compare it against the risk-free rate, which is otherwise known as interest rates. And effectively, the bigger the gap between the potential return and risk-free rates, the more valuable the stock is. Well, guess what? When the risk-free rate starts to rise, as it would if interest rates start to go up, then that reduces that gap, which means the valuation of a stock goes down. So it's been absolute carnage in the IT sector for quite some time now. And unfortunately, it'll probably continue for the moments that we still believe that interest rates are likely to go up. But of course, 
that can create a bit of an opportunity because many of these businesses are doing well. It's just sentiments working against them at the moment. And investors need to be cognizant of that, that unfortunately some of the tough 2021 they experienced, they're likely to see that again in 2022. Now, well, finally, Elio, uh, if we can finish with your stocks to watch. Okay, so let's start with the uh, big one here. We'll start with uh, Santos, who, following its $22 billion merger with AllSearch, is now in a stronger position to deal with this new emerging green energy world. The reality is oil prices are still quite strong. There's a shortage of uh, supply, growing demand, and geopolitical issues all combining to keep uh, oil prices at an elevated level, and they're most likely to remain that way. Santos in its latest quarterly achieved record sales and record free cash flow levels. They've got a number of minor projects that they're going to be removing in order to streamline the business and save some $100 million. They have a number of projects on the go, including their $3.6 billion Barossa gas project off uh, North Australia there. That's something like 20% complete at the moment. And then they've got their carbon capture and storage project at Moomba in South Australia. And we know the government's very keen in supporting that sort of technology. So Santos STO is the first stock to watch. On the opposite side of the energy scale, let's talk about a battery manufacturer. Our pursuit of uh, cleaner energy sources, of course, is a great theme and most likely will remain strong in 2022. Magnus Energy is the company here. MNS is their code. They've uh, secured another $74 million contract for the, from the US government in regards to its New York processing plant, their factory there, which is currently being completed on time and under budget. They've also received another $20 million in uh, funding from other US institutions, which has sparked further interest in the company since then. This is a company that's um, you know, working, doing some amazing technology in the hotbed, which is the US, where demand for batteries is going to be strong. So Magnus, MNS is stock to watch. The last two companies are both in the medical field, another sector which has also suffered on the back of this whole interest rate phenomenon and the uh, closing of the risk-free versus potential gap. And two companies I want to discuss. Uh, one is Imugene, code IMO. The recent pullback in their price is really an opportunity in this particular business here. There are a clinical stage immuno-oncology business. Effectively, what they're doing is developing drugs that get the immune system of the human body to attack cancers. And that can be through um, using traditional treatment, so as a supplement, through to possibly even with studies using CAR-T technology, tackling uh, solid tumours, which uh, traditionally have been a, a very dangerous source of cancer. So, look, there's a massive amount of trials going on globally. This has the potential to change lives. It's in the ASX 200, and I feel the price weakness creates the opportunity. And the last one is Telex, TLX. In the ASX 300, Melbourne-based business, developing a pipeline of molecular-targeted radiation. So rather than just blanket radiating a cancer treatment, it actually goes really finite right into the actual cells itself. This is important because radiation is quite toxic on the body longer term. If you can reduce the amount you need in order to kill a cancer, then uh, that's all the better for it. They've got a product in the US which has just been approved back in December to tackle prostate cancer. They've got other phase trials of kidney cancer as well as brain cancer coming up shortly. This is a company on the go with proven technology and a runway for future growth. That was Elio D'Amato, founder of Spotty Consulting. Business Essentials Daily is a Sound Cartel podcast. Producers are Nick Schilberger, Chris Ashmore, Jeff Waters and myself. Technical production by Pete Letts and Belinda Trimboli. 
I'm Nicole Goodman. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you more Bee Daily next week. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.